Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing four weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as four event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, The Mythos Mysteries, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please... Join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch dice today. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Sylvania Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. 
Something is very wrong at the Santi General Hospital. Val and Evangeline awoke to daylight streaming in, a snake attacking them, and Everett and Doris missing with signs of a struggle. As they fought their way out of their room, Everett found himself in a helicopter with Kindred claiming they work for the Council. What is this mysterious ASP protocol that has been initiated? And where is Doris? Abandon hope. All ye who listen here. Before the events of uh, the helicopter and uh, Val's adventure into the lobby of the hospital and uh, Evangeline's uh, adventures with the snake, uh, the coterie was asleep um, as best they could as uh, the day began um, in the uh, the hospital. Um, of course, when you awoke, one of you is missing. And uh, now we dive into exactly what happened to... All right, old friend Doris. Uh, Doris, um, you'd had your armory attached, um, as you'll recall from our, our previous uh, adventure. And after your very eventful um, ambulance ride, um, it was uh, good to get that reattached and to kind of let your body heal. Now, you mentioned uh, previously that um, you've had your arm uh, cut off before. Um, what uh, what was that experience like? Like, when did that happen? Was that a, a in modern medical times kind of injury, or was that like a I don't know. We'll wave some entrails and like give you, I don't know, opium and be like, you're good now. You are, we, <laughs> we are, we are medical doctors. Yeah. I feel like, no, I feel like that wasn't modern at all. I feel like that was probably something like, um, she's from the 1600s. So like not quite witch hunting, but like some kind of oldie timey ritual gone wrong. Um, where they're okay. like, we need uh, your arm. And she's like, that'll grow back or something, you know, like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That yeah. Kind of thing. Okay, great. Um, so how much, um, I guess what I'm kind of trying to capture here is like, it's an extraordinarily traumatic thing to have your arm taken off, obviously, even for, for a kindred. Um, but you've been through it before and given Doris's kind of uh, attitude towards the world and um, and kind of the the way that you carry yourself, I'm curious, like, what kind of recovery sleep do you think Doris is having? Like, what's the the sensation like? Um, is she comfortable with it? Is she just exhausted and it's fine? Is it an annoyance? Is it agonizing? Like, where where do you think she's at with with this? I feel like her brain is in so many different places at once that I don't think it's anything negative. Um, I think it's just like this fun kind of exploration. Like I think her brain kind of goes, Oh, there's something bad. So we're going to go to our happy places. And like, she has many other happy places in various different centuries uh, and time periods. So I feel like she just kind of like hop skips and jumps between them. Great. Um, okay. No, I love that. That makes sense. So basically your, your brain is compartmentalizing so hard that um, like your physical body may be dealing with regrowing a limb or reattaching a limb, but your brain is like parting it up with some, you know, 16th or 17th century goons. Um, so, yeah, fine. So you're actually having a, a like, restful is probably the wrong term, but a regular um, kind of uh, overnight, which of course are, are strange or overday rather, which are. It's probably are... even more pleasant than usual. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Great. Um so you're in the midst of of kind of uh, wandering through the dreamscape and having a legitimately lovely time um, when uh, you are uh, suddenly uh, both uh, metaphorically and physically torn from it. Uh, as you feel your body lurch forward, um, a bunch of um, 
like tubes and things that had been placed in. They probably had you on like a blood drip and some other things um, comes kind of like ripping out of your arms uh, as you're pulled forward off of your bed uh, onto the cold ground. Um, as you you quickly kind of try and get your bearings, uh, you can see sunlight coming in from outside. Um, it's clearly daytime, which is not great. Uh, and as a result, as a kindred, you are you are bagged. Like it's not. In addition to kind of the you know the, the physical damage it can do, the cycle like the the beast needs its rest too uh, to keep your weird undead body uh, alive and running. Um, so uh, kind of uh, some shock and surprise as uh, you are pulled to the floor. Um, what is uh, what's your immediate reaction? You can feel hands on you. Um, you know someone has dragged you off this bed. Um, you can sort of see you see the glimpse of sunlight as you're pulled off the bed. So you kind of have a moment to to take an immediate reaction uh, if you would like, or you can kind of roll with it and see see where it's going. Hmm. Can I feel how many people are dragging me? Uh, yes, it's just uh, it seems to be one, um, and uh, oh. they've they've just pulled you like straight off the bed, kind of onto the ground, um, you know, in a spray of of blood as the uh, the tubes are, are yanked yanked from your arm. I think I think she'd fall to the ground and she'd just throw her arms out um, mm-hmm. and try to compel this person to stop doing whatever they're doing. Okay, amazing. Um, so let me just pull up my rules for compulsion here. Um, I should also say, uh, Claire, can you please roll me a rouse check? Yes. Because technically you are waking up for a new evening, even though it's not evening, nor did you choose to wake up this way. <laughs> right. I'm so sorry. It's been like two months. How do I roll for rouse again? Uh, it's literally just a D10. Um, oh. Oh, and okay. uh, yeah, we're Great. just trying to see if you gain a point of hunger from uh, awakening. That's a six. Yeah, Claire, we also had to ask Tom like okay. to remind us what to do last session. <laughs> So I believe with a six, you are fine. Okay. Uh, so no, no additional hunger, which makes sense. Again, you're, you're literally being like fed blood uh, yeah. off a tube. So that's pretty good. Um, all right. Let me just whip up my blood sorcery here, unless you have that uh, at hand. Um, I do. As, okay, great. As I've mentioned on, on previous shows, uh, I've never had the joy of dealing with uh, with your weird blood magic uh, stuff in, in our uh, first season. So uh, I am behind uh, on, on that. So if you've got that, that's awesome. I do. Uh, yeah. It's uh, charisma plus dominate versus intelligence. Intelligence plus resolve. Okay, great. So I would be rolling five. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, and I need my hunger dice. Uh, right. Okay, so we'll call them these two. That is three success. Three success. All right. Um, so you... Um, you kind of like reach out. What? Uh, how do you imagine compulsion feels um, from Doris's side of things? Um, I feel like it's uh, she is met with whatever emotion that the person is feeling, but then it's almost like her pink sunny kind of disposition slowly just kind of fuses into them, and that's what makes them want to do her bidding. Okay. All right. I love that. Um, so you um, are immediately hit with a sense of urgency um, and a sense of caution um, are the two overwhelming uh, feelings you get. Um, but uh, sure enough, um, the uh, with that role, um, you can kind of see, uh, you feel the hands release um, from you. They're still like on you, but now it's gone from like a violent pull to more of a gentle guiding. So with the kind of relaxation of the hands, um, 
Claire, uh, Doris gets her first uh, actual look uh, at this person, and uh, it is someone you recognize, though you haven't seen them in quite some time. Um, you recognize them uh, from Cleopatra's court um, no. in uh, in Calgary, um, and uh, their name is uh, Tors Valak. Um, Tors is a uh, think like a, a Stellan Skarsgård type. Um, so, uh, you know, just kind of, um, a little heavier set, but with kind of those really like clear, sharp eyes. Um, and, uh, he's, um, uh, he's dressed nicely, um, but in kind of, uh, the way spies like to dress where it's just like the kind of most generic, you know, he's got khaki pants and a button up shirt and they look nice, but they also are entirely forgettable. Like, this is this is an oatmeal of a man um, looking at you. Um, during your time at Cleopatra's court, uh, Doris, what um, Tors was also a part of the court. He was uh, a friendly and like you probably weren't close, but um, you know you, you certainly had a cordial relationship with him. Um, he was um, uh, Cleopatra's uh, stylist, um, so his job was awesome. to make sure that she was always in good wigs. It was one of those things that. Um, uh, she never, it was a fashion of the time that she never really let go of. There was a lot of modernization she did o- over, you know, <laughs> the centuries of her life. Um, but, um, she clung to a few things and one was, was a variety of wigs. So, um, Tours was, uh, you know, he was around a lot, um, but not, uh, you know, a political force by any stretch though, as anyone who has a good, uh, barber or hairstylist or makeup artist or anyone else will know, often you end up doing a lot of, uh, talking and consultation with that, that person. So you recognize him as a trusted, uh, a trusted kind of agent of, of Cleopatra, um, even though, you're like I feel like you're in the same room from time to time, but you didn't ever really have much cause to to chat and hang out. Okay. Um, so he um a big dopey grin in the way only Stellan Skarsgård or Stellar Skateboard, as we know him from uh, How Did This Get Made, uh, a big kind of broad uh, lazy <laughs> smile spreads across his face, um, and um, he uh, he kind of chuckles to himself a little bit and uh, brings a brings a finger up to his lips uh, and just says. Uh, it, it, it's good to see you again, Doris, but shh. Why are you here? Oh, that's a, that's a fun story, actually. I, I'm just so happy to see you. It's so nice here. You know, I've always liked seeing the insides of, of, of you know, different types. And you realize that by by um, compelling him, like, he's, he's kind of a low-key guy anyway. So by dumping extra jolliness into him, he's just kind of... A little bit blissed out, um, okay. and uh, just saying like, yeah, but it's uh, it's uh, always nice to see how different medical facilities, uh, you know, choose to keep their patients safe and such. But oh, um, oh, uh, why I'm here, and happily because you can keep, you use compulsion. He also is kind of on side for you right now, mm-hmm. so he is technically just like has to answer you, um, and he says, uh, uh, you know. Uh, Cleopatra may be gone, but uh, a lot of her uh, standing orders are are still here. Uh, unfortunately, there are some about her that are are still in place as well, uh, and one of those is, has been activated. We gotta go. I gotta get you out of here right now. Uh, it was one of the things that I was charged with by by uh, the prince herself. Um, 
if, I have, if this was ever called into effect, I was supposed to get you somewhere safe. It's not going to be safe here much longer, Doris. We need to go now. I can't do that. I'm a trusted member of the police department, Tors. That's not going to save you from the ASP protocol, my friend. We need to go now. Trust me. Uh, uh yeah. Okay, well, um, just let me get my hat then. Um, and like, <laughs> you can see like that, that thing where like kind of behind his eyes, the part of him that hasn't been as compulsed is like, fuck that. We need to go right now. But you know, he's really on side with you. And so, um, despite kind of a glimpse of, of frustration behind the smiling eyes, I just says, that's a very good idea. We can't possibly go anywhere without the hat. Well, no, we can't. That's why I mentioned it. Hmm. Hmm. And he just kind of like nods until you come back uh, with the hat. Um, Doris, you see all of your uh, your your fellow uh, deputies, uh, as well as the sheriff, uh, asleep. But you notice that Torres is not paying any attention to them. He's only paying attention to you. Um, do you think you would try and warn them, or do you think it's best to just get out now? Have I heard of the ASP protocol? You have not. Um, okay. It's it's not something you're familiar with. Um the idea that uh, Cleopatra would ask someone to keep an eye on you is very much, I think, within the realm of of mm -hmm. understanding, both as like a political agent, but also um, you're like basically like you're on the lam and you're a bit of a refugee in a lot of ways from mm. from the pyramid. So yes. I think, yeah, that those are the sorts of things I think that would flip through your mind. But it is. Yeah, you're short on information, but you can also tell that like he isn't lying to you. He's he's like this is a a do or die thing. Yeah, no, I think I think in her mind she's just she's switched from thinking about the deputies. She's like, well, I tried that, and he said no. So uh, her mind is just completely just gone full tilt into this new mission. So I think she'll just walk past them. Uh, in another world, she'd probably leave them a little note saying BRB, but uh, that's not really her style. So. Great. Um, yeah. So he he nods approvingly, um, and uh, he just says, uh, uh, "They'll be fine. They'll be fine. It's just you won't be. We 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 need to go now." Um, so he kind of um, like grabs your hand um, and pulls you uh, out into the hall, um, and it's very much like uh, uh, the uh, the Thomas Anderson like uh, navigating through the cubicle business from um, the the first Matrix film, where like. He's like pulls you kind of down um, and across the hall into um, a uh, an adjacent uh, medical room. Um, you can hear the beeping of machine. There's uh, uh, a kindred in there who um, seems to just be in a state of rest, um, similarly with like a blood pack. Um, he kind of like pulls you down just as um, a uh, sort of a, like a small squad of uh, armored SWAT guys comes like rushing down the hall. Um and uh, he, he just kind of like puts his, his finger to his lips. Um, and uh, you can actually see they kind of do like a breach, a breach and clear thing. But rather than throwing in a grenade, they actually just like throw in a bunch of snakes um, and then immediately like rush into the room. Um, and as they rush into the room, he's like, OK, now's the time to go. 
Hi, friends. It's Ryan here, and I am excited to invite you to join the Dumb Dumbs and Dice Patreon. It's a great way for you to help our team keep creating shows that you love, and it's a cool opportunity for you to get neat things, too. At the $1 level, we have a Patreon-exclusive Discord, so you can chat with other listeners and our cast in spoiler and non-spoiler channels so anyone can tag in. At the $5 level, we offer ad-free feeds for a bunch of our shows, so you won't have to hear us advertising our Patreon anymore. At $15, you get to submit names for NPCs, places, and things that we have to use in the shows. And we also have a Tips, Tricks, and Traps video where you can submit questions that our GMs and DMs, myself and Tom, will answer for you. And at $25, you can create your own NPC to join one of our active shows and get a special thank you at the end of every episode we produce. We've got a bunch of tiers where you can join, so please head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Please help support us and we'll keep new episodes coming. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you to the grand darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and I'm releasing my report on the Valentine Heresy. It's an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. Join Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, and Laura Elizabeth and Tyler Hewitt as hive-bred siblings Lyric and Alto, as this unlikely trio try to save the Emperor from a cabal of mysterious enemies in a series created by games master Tom McGee. Can these unlikely heroes survive in a galaxy where there is only war? Find out in the first episode of Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy. Available now. Claire, I'm going to need a, a stealthy roll from you. Uh, oh. This is, again, for like a, a crouch and run. Oh, good thing I have so many points in stealth. Oh, I know. You're, it's, it's, you know, when I think to myself about like, what is Doris great at? It's like stealth and athletics all day, it every day. Stealth. That's what yeah. it's all so, about. Um, if I have zero points in stealth, what do I? What am I rolling here? Just yeah. Your so you're gonna take the uh, the zero from stealth, um, yeah. and uh, you're going to take uh, your de- yeah your dexterity. Okay, cool. And I would be rolling two hunger dice with this. Okay. Uh, yes. If so I the can. two hunger okay. dice replace um, yeah. your existing. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. Cool. So. Uh, that's one success. Okay. Um, so you, uh, it kind of pulls you out in, into the hallway. Um, and the two of you begin to kind of like rapidly, uh, sort of stealth sprint crawl, uh, as, as fast as you can. Um, but, uh, Doris, despite your best efforts, you are not uh, a stealthy person. Also, I feel like, uh, you trying to stealth run in your, because like you don't wear a, a standard deputy's outfit, right? Like, I do. No, do she's in a she's in a deputy's uniform. She just accents it with fun hats. Um, okay, great. All right. So I, then you, I do like to think that like if she were to break stealth, it would probably just see these animals being thrown into a room. And she's such an animal lover that she'd probably just be like, "That's not the way that you treat snakes." <laughs> she's great. like running along. <laughs> yeah. So um, you uh, you say that, and uh, you can see one of the. Uh, one of the, the the SWAT armored people who is uh, like basically um, standing at the the door begins to turn, uh, and you feel Taurus just kind of freeze up. It's really one of those like Jurassic Park like stupid lizard brain is like maybe if we just don't move moments. Um, however, um, you then hear um, a uh, different uh, voice from down the hall just say like, 
what the hell's going on here? Uh, and you recognize uh, the head nurse uh, approaching and uh, the uh, SWAT guy who's starting to turn instead turns to her and literally like out of his sleeve, like a fucking party favor, um, whips one of these golden snakes um, into her face. Uh, and it begins to just like rapidly bite her face and neck. Um, and Torres is like kind of happy about this actually, because it buys you time to get out of there. So he pulls, pulls your hand. Uh, and as you run, you just hear the sound of her beloved tea mug shatter on the ground. Um, as, uh, as the two of you make it out, uh, out of the, uh, the lobby, um, he gets you to the, uh, the sort of one of the, the side entrances, uh, of the, uh, the hospital and, um, uh, the sun is blindingly bright, uh, outside, um, and he kind of like sizes up your hat and says, uh, do, uh, do you think you can pull that down far enough that we can make a quick run? I've got a, I've got a vehicle waiting outside that's nice and blocked up, but, um, we're going to have to make it from here to there. It is a very large hat. That's what I like about you, Doris. You always come prepared <laughs> for any situation. One can never have too large a hat. My father used to say that. Let's go. Um, so he pulls you, uh, and Claire, I'm going to, we're just going to keep keep playing the hits for you today. Great. Um, I'm going to need a, a survival uh, check. Um, okay. So this is, uh, is going to be stamina and um, survival, please. My other, uh, you know, top skill. Okay, great. Yep. Come on, I feel like you lived for like, how old are you? Well, like 400 something? <laughs> you got to have some stamina, right? <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, oh, no. That, I mean, I'm only rolling two hunger dice, uh, and I got successes on both of them. Oh, Tens? Uh, successes. Just okay. Uh, You're good. Oh, good. I was I was ramping up, uh, and last <laughs> last time I woke up the baby Miles with with my screams of we had so many messy successes in the last last game Ooh. that uh, yeah we've uh, been trying to figure out how to do them quietly. But like, is it even a messy success <laughs> if done quietly? I think not. No. If a messy success happens in the forest and there's no Tyler around to be annoyed by it, does it make a sound? <laughs> Um, so, um, uh, great. So two successes, uh, both on hunger dice, but that's fine. Um, so it's not pleasant. Uh, and also it's exhausting. Like just being awake right now is, is rough for you. Uh, plus you're still recovering from the arm plus all the like excitement of, uh, I mean, like yeah. the fight happened like yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he um, uh, he pulls you forward, and uh, the two of you kind of like sprint across the parking lot. Um, it's one of those like if we were in first person mode, like where you know your vision's blurring a bit uh, as you go, and there's a bit of stumbling. Um, but he's got one of those like uh, cube vans, uh, shady shady cube vans uh, with with like no windows in the back. So he kind of like nods for you to to get uh, get in the back there. Um, he hops in the driver's seat, um, and uh, as uh, as he he kind of like. He turns on the engine, but he doesn't, like, speed away immediately like people who are highly suspicious do. Um, he just, like, kind of sits there, uh, and you can see past him uh, as the uh, the SWAT folks um, drag uh, Everett um, out. Um, and uh, as soon as they get him outside, they, like, quickly, like, um, throw uh, his coat kind of up and over his shoulders as they drag him. Um, but they move him to a... Um, uh, a similar, like a, a, a nicer, very like more heavily armored kind of like a think what you would like swap out an ATM with, um, kind of like armored car. Um, and uh, you see them load him into a coffin, uh, close the doors, and and speed away. Tours is absolutely not pursuing, and unfortunately, you can't really get into into the front seat to do anything about this without 
getting getting hurt. Um, do you say anything to him as as this happens? Like he's very much playing the like I'm setting up my GPS game right now to look as as kind of uh, nonchalant <laughs> as possible. Okay. Does she understand that it's because he doesn't want to look suspicious? Is that kind of like the game um, that I mean that is the game plan. I don't know, Doris. Like you. Normally, based on the way your brain works, I would suggest you probably don't recognize that's what's going on. But Tyler is actually, like, I think on point a bit. Like, you've survived a long time. Also, you've been hunted for a really long time. So I think, like, someone who's being sneaky on my behalf is actually something you'd probably be familiar with. But what, what do you think? I feel like she'd still think that he was compelled. And so I think she would, like, be sitting in the back just being like, it's all right. You can go now. Um, okay, so yeah, he he turns on the engine, and again, like you can see, his hands just grip the steering wheel a bit harder. Um, but uh, he um, turns uh, over his shoulder and says, um, "My plan is to get you uh, out of New Haven altogether uh, until we can figure out what's what's exactly how deep this goes. But uh, in the meantime, we need to get you somewhere safe to wait out until the night. Uh, where where is safe for you in this town?" That isn't your home, because that is one of the first places that the pyramid will check. I was just going to say, there's a man in my attic, and I'm afraid of how long he'll last. How long do humans last? Never mind. Um, there's a... Hmm, there's a peculiar shop in town. Uh, oh, the peculiarity shop, yes. Oh, yes, that's the, that's the <laughs> word for it. Yes. All right, uh, let me hang on. And he, he proceeds to try and punch. Peculiarity is being a hard word to spell if you don't do it a lot. Um, you have a whole like awkward moment as the SWAT van drives away as he's like, and I think you're very helpfully like adding your, your backseat spelling for him. Um, or, or I think she's like a stream of consciousness being like, well, I think that was my sheriff that just left. Perhaps we should go after him. But I don't know. But he didn't seem like he was injured. And she just or is it an E? It's one of the two. Yeah, okay. It should really. I just like, think just... he's having a bad day. This is not a good couple of first days of his. <laughs> I hope that they're not going to do anything bad to him. Okay. Well, you know, I, I like the alliteration me. of Pritchard's, but it's also hard. You know, I'm just going to take you to this place. And if it's wrong, and sorry, your share. You know what? I, I can, okay. Um, and he <laughs> uh, he presses go uh, as you have two separate split track conversations just in full. But also, weirdly, I mean, Doris, I feel like you do this so often that it's not unpleasant. Like, it doesn't really matter if no one's uh, listening to you on this front. But yes, he so he punches in the um, uh, Pritchard's peculiarities uh, and uh, and begins to uh, to make his way uh, through New Haven. Um, what is uh, what is something from your time at court that um, uh, Tors would know about as like a comfort? Like basically, like what's the equivalent of, of like? I'm kidnapping you because people are going to try and murder you. Here's a cup oh. of tea. Like what would he have oh. in the back of the van as a, as a creature comfort? I think he would have a giant scented candle. <laughs> okay. That she would light whenever she did Cleopatra's like uh tarot readings, mm -hmm. uh, she would light this candle and it probably smells like blood. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Amazing. So he has like a stub of it. Like it's not a full blood candle because I don't think he'd be able to get those on his own. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, one of the ones that Cleopatra was like, it's burned enough. Just get me a new one. Um, 
so he's pocketed that, um, and um, yeah, it's 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 sitting in the back uh, for you. And uh, mm-hmm. he he just says over his shoulders as he he drives through New Haven. Um, I I brought one of your favorite candles, uh, or at least what what little I had left of it. It was uh, a, a gift uh, from the prince, and I, I I decided to keep it. You may light it, but please be careful with it. it it's not great practice to have a lit candle in a van, but I thought perhaps it could bring you some comfort as we. Run for your life, as it were. That's very kind of you. I must say, I've never actually been chased by SWAT teams before. I've been chased by a lot of things in a lot of different costumes, but never SWAT. Did they have guns? That's unfortunate. And she's just going to like start lighting this candle. Um, and uh, did they have snakes? Why were they throwing snakes at people? Ah. Uh, uh, yes, well, that actually I I, I can uh, answer uh, the, the the nature of why they're dressed the way they are and uh, that sort of thing. Perhaps as uh, well. I also don't understand what they wanted with your sheriff, but um, well, there was a protocol put in place uh, in case the New Haven experiment failed. Uh, you must understand, not everyone was as keen on the idea of New Haven nor of Cleopatra as the uh, the prince of this region, as perhaps you or I or some of the other denizens of, of New Haven. As a result, the uh, some of the wealthier patrons of the council uh, created the ASP protocol, a kill switch maneuver in case Cleopatra ever overstepped uh, or if they felt they were in direct danger. Um, she only found out about it uh, mere days before her death, which, as I understand, wasn't directly involved in this. I don't believe they they formed a coup. But unfortunately, with the uh, the recent events that have occurred in your in your town, they've activated the protocol, and as a result, uh, the entire council is being taken off site. That may, in fact, be why uh, your your sheriff was being moved. They're likely moving him off site as well, uh, somewhere safe, a bunker of sorts. In theory, well. Cleopatra, you, me, and the rest of her court were uh, summarily assassinated. Um, in any case, uh, your sheriff should be fine, uh, given that he's rather new, but uh, you, my friend, you need to go to ground. I see. I just think that throwing snakes at people is perhaps not the most conducive way to assassinate a whole group of people. Honestly, they had guns. I would agree. Oh. I suspect there might be something else afoot here, uh, or they just—and you can tell this like just pains him as a as a very practical man, just being like, or they just really like the theme. You know how kindred are. Um, and uh, <laughs> with that, um, he uh, he kind of like I think you're starting to get pretty sleepy, so kind of mumbling to yourself um, and and breathing in the smell of this. Uh, truly horrific blood candle. Um, uh, the car uh, kind of pulls up um, outside of uh, uh, Pritchard's uh, peculiarities, and um, uh, Tors uh, just kind of um, uh, smiles and says, uh, "Well, I, Doris, I wasn't quite sure if I'd get to you in time, and I, I must say, I'm I'm happy I was able to. There's so little of." The dream that Cleopatra was was trying to put together left. It's nice that at least part of it uh, survives. That that you uh, survive, uh, and and me as well. Uh, thank you for for trusting me and and for coming with me. Well, 
It's not every day that you're woken up after having your arm reattached and thrown into a van with a blood candle. And I might say, I'm not quite sure how long it's been since I've seen you, but it's good to see you. And uh, if you manage to capture anybody involved in this, please bring them to me. Uh, and um, he just kind of like looks over his shoulder and there's just a look of like steely determination in his eyes as only Stellan Skarsgård can do. Um, and uh, his his kind of lips um, pull back into almost a grimace, uh, but he nods with resolve. And Doris, you feel pretty good knowing that uh, your daytime minion is likely going to find you someone to ask some very important questions of. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Lori Elizabeth at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and our show log was created by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Lord Abradovic, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.